You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Raphael Warnock won Georgia Senate runoff vote, Brittany Griner was released from Russian prison, and two men were arrested in connection with anti-Semitism in New York. Here's your National News Recap for the week of December 4th. Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock is the winner of Georgia's Senate runoff election. NBC News predicts Warnock defeated Republican Herschel Walker for the last open U.S. Senate seat. The win gives the Democrats a 51-seat majority in the Senate. Congress is facing some rapidly approaching deadlines. NBC's Bree Jackson has the latest from Washington. It's crunch time on Capitol Hill. Lawmakers must pass a spending bill before December 16th or risk a government shutdown. Democrats want to set the spending agenda before Republicans take control of the House next month. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says Democrats want to make a spending bill for all of next year, so Minority Leader Mitch McConnell won't have any control. But Republicans want a short-term deal instead. The clock is also ticking on authorization of the military's budget. There are holdups over issues including ending the Defense Department's COVID-19 vaccine mandate and funding for Ukraine. Another issue is wrapping up a final report on the January 6th attack on the Capitol. A jury says the Trump Organization is guilty on all counts of its New York tax fraud trial. Prosecutors accused the former president's company of avoiding taxes by paying personal expenses for top executives and giving them compensation without reporting it over a period of 15 years. Donald Trump himself isn't charged and he has called the trial politically motivated. Senator Kristen Gillibrand and more than 100 of her colleagues in Congress are making a request of President Biden. The New York Democrat and fellow lawmakers are calling on Biden to come up with a unified national strategy to combat anti-Semitism. The result of the 2021 audit from the Anti-Defamation League showed anti-Semitism at an all-time high in the U.S. Data also revealed New York had the highest amount of reported anti-Semitic events in the country last year. Senator Chuck Schumer will serve a second term as Senate Majority Leader. Schumer was re-elected to serve another term in the leadership role Thursday morning. Senate Democrats also re-elected the rest of Schumer's leadership team, giving Senator Dick Durbin another term as Senate Democratic Whip. This comes as Senate Democrats expanded their majority to 51 seats following Senator Raphael Warnock's win in the Georgia runoff election. The House is giving its approval to the Respect for Marriage Act. It passed with bipartisan support and now heads to President Biden's desk. California Democrat Nancy Pelosi said it would be one of the last bills she signed as Speaker of the House. The measure, which was crafted to codify the right to same-sex marriage, had already passed the Senate with senators from both parties supporting it. Texas Republicans are out with a sweeping border security plan that will be pushed into the spotlight when the GOP takes control of the House next year. 
Our Texas delegation is committed to using every tool and authority at our disposal to hold this entire administration accountable. Congressman Jody Arrington says the plan includes finishing the Trump-era border wall and reinstatement of the so-called Remain in Mexico protocol that would keep asylum seekers south of the border until their court hearing. The Republicans also want to designate drug cartels as terrorist organizations. This month's end of a Trump-era health rule, called Title 42, has the feds looking for ways to take pressure off the border. Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez has been told customs agents plan to drop off 180 migrants a day in Uvalde, which is still reeling from May's mass shooting. Uvalde is still a very raw city, and it is just a bad idea to add fuel to the fire. The town is in his district, and he says the city doesn't have the resources to help these asylum seekers. Charities are busy helping those affected by the school shooting, which left 19 students and two teachers dead. The mayor of Uvalde is calling the plan a recipe for disaster. Portland police investigated bomb threats to all schools in the city Wednesday. The threats were determined to be not credible. Police say copies of an emailed threat were received by several community members. The threat also included biased language. Staff and the schools checked their properties and nothing suspicious was found. The investigation continues and they're asking anyone with information to contact detectives. The surge of illegal immigration at the border is stressing out the nation's Border Patrol agents and that's leading to a rash of suicides. 14 suicides just this year. It's more than almost any other year that we've had. Congressman Henry Cuellar says they're working to change the rules as a way to make sure agents get help. That includes making sure access to a mental health professional doesn't go on their record. The South Texas Democrat says some agents are refusing counseling because they're taken off the line and they may never get back. A scathing congressional report claims the NFL's Washington commanders hid decades of sexual misconduct. Thursday, a U.S. House-Senate committee released its report that zeroed in on team owner Dan Snyder. The report says Snyder allowed pervasive sexual harassment by team executives of female employees. It also alleges Snyder tried to interfere with investigations into the commander's toxic workplace culture. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources coming from Rotors. U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner has been released in a prisoner swap with Russia in exchange for former arms dealer Victor Bout and was heading back to the United States on Thursday, ending what President Joe Biden called months of hell for her and her wife. The swap was arranged after talks spanning months during a time of high tensions between the two countries in the wake of Russia's February invasion of Ukraine. Even as Griner was on a flight bound for Texas, Bout arrived in Moscow, hugged his mother and wife after stepping onto the tarmac. Images on live television showed Griner, held since a week before the invasion, traveled from a Russian penal colony to Moscow, then to Abu Dhabi's airport in the United Arab Emirates, where the exchange took place with the two walking past each other on a tarmac, U.S. officials said. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home after months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances, Biden told reporters at the White House, adding she would arrive within the next 24 hours. This is a day we've worked toward for a long time. We never stopped pushing for her release. Biden said the United States will continue to work to free Paul Whelan. A former Marine also held in Russia after being unable to convince Russia to release him as part of the negotiations. Griner, 32, a two-time Olympic gold medalist and star of the Women's National Basketball Association's Phoenix Mercury, was arrested on February 17th at a Moscow airport in February after vape cartridges containing cannabis oil, which is banned in Russia, were found in her luggage. 
She was sentenced on August 4th to nine years in a penal colony on charges of possessing and smuggling drugs. The Russian Foreign Ministry said it traded Griner for Bout, 55, a Russian citizen who in 2012 was given a 25-year prison sentence by the U.S. court on charges related to his arms-dealing career. For almost two decades, Bout had been the world's most notorious arms dealer, selling weapons to rogue states, rebel groups, and warlords in Africa, Asia, and South America. And for our second story of the day, the U.S. State Department has approved the potential sale of $428 million in aircraft parts for Taiwan to help its air force, which is strained from repeatedly intercepting Chinese jets operating close to the island. Taiwan's air force is well-equipped but aging and is dwarfed by that of China's. Beijing views the democratically governed island as its territory and during the past few years or so have been flying daily sorties near Taiwan. Since early August, when China staged war games around Taiwan after the visit to Taipei by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, China's air force has also regularly crossed the median line of the Taiwan Strait, which has served as an unofficial boundary. The Pentagon in two statements late Tuesday said the parts would support Taiwan's F-16s indigenous defense fighter jets and all other aircraft and systems or subsystems of U.S. origin. The proposed sale will contribute to the sustainment of the recipient's aerial fleet, enhancing its ability to meet current and future threats while providing defense and transport capabilities critical to regional security, it said. Taiwan's defense ministry said on Wednesday the sale was expected to take effect within one month and offered its thanks. With China trying to normalize its military activities near Taiwan and put pressure on its airspace and seas, as well as ability to train and reaction, the sale will be of great assistance the ministry added. It will help maintain in the proper equipment and replenishment of our Air Force fighter jets, meets the needs of defense operations and combat readiness training, and ensure that our traditional combat power will not fall, the statement said. The United States is Taiwan's most important international arms supplier, despite the lack of formal diplomatic ties. China has repeatedly demanded the United States stop selling weapons to Taiwan and has put sanctions on U.S. arms manufacturers. And for our third and final story, of the day, Russian President Vladimir Putin said on Wednesday his army could be fighting in Ukraine for a long time, but he saw no sense in expanding a call-up of 300,000 reservists from September and October after serious Russian battlefield setbacks. Earlier, Russia's ally Belarus said it was moving troops and military hardware to counteract what it called the threat of terrorism, amid signs that Moscow may be pressing Minsk to open a new front in Ukraine as the war has bogged down. Putin has really spoken about the war's likely duration as Russia has been forced into a series of significant retreats in the face of Ukrainian counteroffensive, waged with increasing stocks of Western weaponry in the east and south since July. Russia launched what it called its special military operation in February, saying Ukraine's deepening ties with the West posed a security threat. Kiev and its allies say the invasion amounts to an imperialist land grab. As for the duration of the special military operation, well, of course, this can be a long process, Putin said during a televised meeting of his Human Rights Council, where the Ukraine war took center stage. He said there was no reason for a second military mobilization at this point after the autumn's mass call-up. Around 150,000 of those 300,000 reservists were deployed in Ukraine, 77,000 in combat units, he said. The remaining 150,000 were still training at centers. And that was Connor Brown with your international news report. I'm Nick Adonisi with your local news. Indictments and new details about the arrests of two men last month are coming in about what authorities described as a developing threat to New York's Jewish community. 
Christopher Brown of Aquabog, Long Island, and Matthew Marr of Manhattan face conspiracy and weapon charges. Brown is also charged with making terroristic threats. They were arrested at Penn Station November 18th. Inside Brown's backpack, officials found a knife, ski mask, and a Swatska armband. A gun, an extended magazine, and 19 rounds of ammunition were later found at Marr's apartment. Brown allegedly posted threats against the Jewish community hours before their arrests. A 30-year-old man in Delaware County is accused of setting a house on fire, killing the paraplegic sister of his ex-girlfriend on Sunday. According to the district attorney, Aaron Clark reportedly assaulted and harassed the victim's sister after a breakup on December 3rd. Clark allegedly knew that 20-year-old Olivia Drasher had cerebral palsy and was paraplegic while setting the fire. A 14-year-old was shot and killed in Camden County Saturday night after attending a birthday party. The investigation is ongoing and police have not yet released further details of the incident. A registered sex offender from Camden County appeared in court on Wednesday on multiple charges of sex trafficking minors and other sex offenses. The 32-year-old man was apprehended by undercover agents in 2021 after the discovery of an ad for sexually illicit activities that featured a missing minor from Pennsylvania. 32-year-old Samaj A. Gilmore agreed to meet the undercover investigator at a Mount Laurel hotel room and was taken into custody after fleeing in his car. Gilmore is accused of trafficking two other victims between September 2020 and April 2021 and faces a maximum of life in prison and a fine up to $250,000 for each count. The bridge over Darby Creek in Delaware County is closed indefinitely. The nearly 20,000 drivers that use the southbound Route 420 bridge daily are now instructed to use US 13, Chester Pike, Stewart Avenue, and northbound Interstate 95. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is urging folks to get up to date with flu and coronavirus vaccine shots with New York hospitals very busy dealing with a huge surge of flu and RSV cases. She said COVID cases and hospitalizations are rising as well with the holidays approaching. Statistics show only 13% of the New York population eligible for the latest COVID booster shot have gotten it. The state's health commissioner thinks many more are sick now than in prior years at this time because children during the pandemic were not exposed to other viruses and don't have prior immune protection. Governor Hochul says hospitals are also seeing a surge of flu cases. Unionized workers at the New York Times went on strike Thursday. More than 1,000 employees, including journalists, took part in a 24-hour walkout after being without a contract since March of 2021. Some reporters took to Twitter asking readers not to go to New York Times platforms. The newspaper's Union for Media Workers has been at odds with management over pay issues, remote work, and pension plans. New York City Mayor Eric Adams' plan to get severe mentally ill people off the street continues to get pushback. Public advocate Jumani Williams was among those calling for investment in housing, mental health, and education for the mentally ill during a protest Wednesday. Critics also question whether there's enough room in hospitals for the mayor's plan. Last week, Mayor Adams directed first responders to send mentally ill who can't take care of themselves to the hospital. Several organizations and politicians took part in a rally Thursday against the plan outside City Hall. A government panel in Pennsylvania is proposing added definitions of sex, religion, and race to non-discrimination regulations. The proposal was voted on Thursday and intends to clarify different types of discrimination. A Hunterdon County High School is facing backlash after hosting drag performers in late October. A letter was distributed to the community after a recent school board meeting, but the school's LGBTQ club, Pulse, claims that the drag show was an invitation-only event, intended to provide a safe space and to promote community. According to NJ.com, the high school is conducting an investigation into allegations of racist and dehumanizing heckling at a recent girls' soccer game. Some school employees are allegedly taking issue with the district's diversity training. That was local news. I'm Nick Idanese. 
I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Cooper Medical School of Rowan University faculty from the Division of Infectious Diseases enrolled their first patient and second in the nation in a groundbreaking investigational HIV clinical trial to evaluate EBT-101, a CRISPR-based gene therapy designed to remove HIV proviral DNA from affected cells as a functional cure for HIV. Excision Biotherapeutics is a biotechnology firm sponsoring the clinical trial. This is the first time in medical history that researchers have attempted to excise or eliminate a viral infection from a patient's infected cells using gene editing to potentially cure a patient. Cooper is one of three sites participating in this study. The Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts held its second annual Fall Research Showcase, a program featuring some 50 investigative projects and readings from writing arts students on December 3rd in Enon Ballroom. Showcasing work by students from all the college's programs and majors, the program included research across a wide range of topics such as the effect of heavy TikTok use on mental health, the impact of contact sports, and the kinship of boxes, an art project that repurposes old wood from campus in the construction of nesting boxes for birds. Advertising and public relations majors Brianna Lala and Karis Brady, who took part in the TikTok and mental health study, said the popular social media app can be addictive and for some devastating. The team fielded an online survey and got 82 respondents. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Former Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders, otherwise referred to as Coach Prime, has decided to accept a head coaching position at the University of Colorado Boulder. After spending two seasons with Jackson State, Sanders signed a five-year, $29.5 million deal as he looks to turn the Buffaloes around from their 1-11 record overall in 2022. Switching from college football to the NFL, the Carolina Panthers officially waived former number one overall pick in 2018, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield lasted just over a day on waivers before being swooped up by the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Mayfield had an ugly ending in Cleveland where he was drafted and was set up to fail on a talent-depleted Panthers roster this season. Mayfield will get a fresh start in Los Angeles and will have the rest of the season to prove that he is worthy of a starting quarterback job in the NFL. In other news from around the league, Buffalo Bills outside linebacker Von Miller will be out for the remainder of the season after doctors found his ACL torn during an exploratory surgery to repair the lateral meniscus and clean cartilage. During the process, they found he had torn the same ACL he tore in 2013. And lastly, let's debrief a crazy week in San Diego for the MLB winter meetings. Jacob deGrom got the stove hot, taking his talents from Queens, New York to Arlington, Texas, signing a five-year, $185 million deal with the Rangers as he likely closes out his career in Texas. As the Mets lost an ace to Texas, they took an ace from Texas as former Astros starting pitcher and three-time Cy Young Award winner Justin Verlander signed a two-year, $86 million contract with the New York Mets to join his former Tigers teammate Max Scherzer 
With this signing, the Mets form a deadly one-two punch in the Big Apple just after losing Jacob deGrom. From New York to Philadelphia, former Dodgers superstar shortstop Trey Turner signed an 11-year, $300 million contract, joining former teammates Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper. In other news from Philadelphia, they started to bolster their pitching rotation, signing former New York Mets starting pitcher Taiwan Walker to a four-year, $72 million deal as he joins the National League champions. Walker, by the end of his deal, will be the age of 34 and was an all-star in 2021, so the Phillies will look to tap into his ceiling with this signing. Finishing off, the New York Yankees re-signed 2022 AL MVP Aaron Judge to a nine-year, $360 million deal as they avoid losing the slugger to San Francisco. Speaking of San Francisco and the West Coast, their rival San Diego Padres signed former Boston Red Sox homegrown shortstop Xander Bogarts. Bogarts was signed to an 11-year, $280 million contract as the Padres and the entire National League continue to get stronger. With that being said, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your professional sports news. with your Roan Report business update. Wall Street is closing with stocks higher as the S&P 500 snapped a five-day skid. Investors' focus remains on the Federal Reserve's meeting next week. The Fed is expected to raise rates by a smaller amount than previous rate hikes, but it still may not be enough to get rid of the recession fears. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average added 182 points to 33 to 780, the S&P 500 gained 29 points to 39 to 63, and the Nasdaq climbed 123 points to 11 to 82. The price at the pump is dropping fast in Colorado. AAA reports the statewide average for regular unleaded gas was 3.12 on Monday, 14 cents lower than a week ago, and 29 cents less than in 2021. The cheapest gas is in Greeley at 2.89. Denver and Boulder areas are seeing prices just over 3 bucks. The number of Americans filing for first-time unemployment benefits is slightly on the rise. Brian Shook has the details. The Labor Department says 230,000 Americans filed such claims a week ago. That's 4,000 more than the previous week's revised total. The largest increases in first-time claims for the week that ended on November 26th were seen in Wisconsin, Connecticut, and Ohio. California, Illinois, and Georgia had the largest drops. I'm Brian Shook. The city of Chicago is agreeing to a $10 million settlement with Uber Eats and Postmates. Uber agreed to the payout following a city investigation into allegations of misconduct against Uber's meal delivery platforms. Both were accused of listing Chicago restaurants on their platforms without the restaurant's consent being in violation of the city's emergency fee gap ordinance and other advertising-related conduct. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Emmy Award-winning actress Kirstie Alley is dead after a short battle with cancer. Her children made the announcement on Monday, saying she was surrounded by her closest family and fought with great strength. Allie is best known for her role in the popular 80s and 90s sitcom, Cheers. A toxology report showed that actress Anne Heche wasn't impaired by illicit substances when she died in a one-car crash in August. The Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office says Tuesday the presence of cocaine, cannabis, fentanyl, and other drugs were in Heche's system from previous use or administered in the hospital. 
The report also said there was no alcohol in her system at the time of the crash. The 53-year-old actress died nine days after she drove her car into a house on the west side of Los Angeles on August 5th. The man accused of shooting Lady Gaga's dog walker and stealing her French bulldogs is getting a rough sentence. After Monday's no-contest plea in Los Angeles, James Howard Jackson was immediately sentenced to 21 years in prison. The 20-year-old pleaded no contest to attempted murder with great bodily injury. The February 2021 shooting happened when Ryan Fisher was walking the expensive dogs. He survived the shooting and the dogs were eventually recovered. Several other suspects connected to the case cut plea deals earlier this year. Actress Amber Heard is filing an appeal over the ruling made in the case against ex-husband Johnny Depp. He was awarded over $10 million in damages after a jury found Heard defamed Depp. According to Fox News, Heard's lawyer found 16 different errors that were made during the original trial. Heard lawyer said the case should have been held in California and it shouldn't have happened at all because Depp was already found to have abused Heard in a UK court. They also alleged the jury verdicts contradicted each other. A lawsuit is being filed by Taylor Swift fans against Live Nation over the mishandling of the pop star's ticket sales for her upcoming tour. More than a dozen Swifties filed the complaint in a Los Angeles court against the ticket company. They cited a breach of contract, intentional misrepresentation, fraud, antitrust, and unfair competition. The pre-sale last month was meant to level the playing field without racing against bots. However, fans claim Ticketmaster and Live Nation misled them by allowing scalpers and bots to access the presale. Two women are suing Apple in a class action suit alleging the tech giant's AirTags are unreasonably dangerous products that can be used by stalkers. The women say they're suing on behalf of all of those who were tracked by AirTags without consent. The suit was filed Monday in San Francisco Federal Court. AirTags are battery-powered devices about the size of a quarter designed to be used to keep track of your keys, purse, backpack, and other belongings. Amy Robosh and TJ Holmes of Good Morning America are being taken off the air. TMZ reports that ABC's president Kim Godwin made the decision after their relationship went public. She reportedly described the situation as an internal and external distraction. The pair were outed after the Daily Mail published photos of the two spending time in New York City. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.